everybody. Welcome to podcast 143. Is that right, Dex? Yeah, 143. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're creeping uh, up on that 150 mark. Yeah, it's getting close. We're going to have to do another extravaganza or something, maybe. Eh? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, so, tonight on the podcast, you have myself, Carrie Crates, Dexter Wiseman, Adam Weber, and new podcast host, kind of, sort of. Hanging out for the night. Katie Rayner. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah. How's it going? How's everybody doing? Who, who's excited for this week? Uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. Oh. It, yeah, me, us too, because we got bowling. Uh, I, I do not have bowling. <laughs> uh, that's why you're excited for tomorrow. Thursday Night also, League defending champions. Yeah. Well, d- defending... Aggregate. We have the trophy. Yeah, we have the trophy. Right. League, we have, defending league champions. That's yeah, right. that's all that yeah. matters. Playoffs means nothing. The team of Ha Ha Katie Farted is reunited. And we're... <laughs> <laughs> we're ready for another season. We negotiated our bet. Yeah. We're good to go. That was a big ordeal. <laughs> but we got it. The terms are set. For those who don't know, me and Katie are on a bet every single year in our Thursday night league. I'm uh, champion three years running. Two. Two and a half because of the COVID year. Yeah. So <laughs> so we bet on every single game. Um, every game is worth one point. Uh, she somehow negotiates her way into having bonus points at the start of the year because she says she has boobs. I do. Uh, <laughs> Fact. <laughs> so, but we're we're gonna we're gonna test her mental fortitude this year. We're gonna go back to the winning ways of like the first season where I played three and Katie played fourth and I could mind screw her before the before the tenth frame. So. I got a, She's got 10 bonus points this year. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have that uh, washed away after the first quarter. Okay, I feel that's wrong <laughs> for starters. Oh, yeah. I, I guess can't we'll wait see. to watch Dexter's dreams get crushed. He thinks he's got this all figured out. <laughs> My mental so. game has gotten a lot stronger. So we'll what's, what's the payoff? Like, is there, like, a nut shot, or is that just a, a Tim Wiseman thing? We just make happens? each other do something embarrassing, although she okay. hasn't made me do anything yet. So yeah, that's... I really dropped the ball on when I won. I didn't make him do anything, and then now he negotiated I... that he doesn't have to do anything so that I got 10 ticks to start the week, or to Otherwise start the year. Otherwise, she was getting none, so. Which the... wasn't fair, but okay. It was okay. fair. That's what happens. The line comes down the more you end up winning. She's won two and a half years. Exactly. And, and she averaged basically the same thing I averaged last year, minus one week where she was dog shit. Oh, I was terrible. Yeah. Dexter, she should be giving you sticks. You know what Kayla Drew sent me the other day? A memory from like one of our first weeks of bowling four years ago that I threw 119. Does anybody remember that? Because I don't remember that. Yeah. 119. We, we weren't there. No, that's actually... Yeah. Carrie, I don't quarter. think you were there. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, you're pretty yeah. much not wrong there, John. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? There's something we could talk about really quick. Congratulations to Jonathan Cowan winning his first ever duck pin tournament and setting a world record. That's it was like incredible. 25.91 or something like that for 15 games. Yeah. That's it was awesome. something close to that. 
And I think the the gentleman he beat in the final, Kobe, he set the 13-game world record yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, pretty outstanding shooting for both those guys for sure. 24-90, yeah, that's unbelievable. That's so cool. Yeah. How, how? I just can't imagine that Duck... And I hear it's... I, I hear I'm wrong, but I, I can't believe that Duck Painters don't hate the Five Painters going down there and just... <laughs> Playing duckpin for the first time in their lives and setting world records, like, like, I don't know. If some ten pitter walked into my bowling alley and beat every record I ever had, I'd be like, get, get out. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. Why are you even here? Yeah, exactly. Well, we've so. had quite a few champions down there, right? Well, like I know they yeah. have a lot more events than we kind of do, so it's hard to say that we're winning a lot. But every time I. Every season, I think we have a champion that comes out of one of their tournaments, right? Like, Sylvain won a big one down there. I think yeah. Herbert won one. Jeff has definitely um, won. Yeah. Con- we should Connie go play Ward, a duck pin tournament. No, we really need to. We really was need it, to get down was there. Was it Connie Ward who'd won a whole bunch yeah. down there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Connie's won lots Natalie on the ladies' side. Who is that, sorry, Dex? Uh, Natalie Trudell, I believe. I yeah. Think, yeah. That's crazy. But, yeah. That's awesome. Um, Let's talk about what Adam wants to talk about. NFL season. What's going on, Adam? Let us know. No, everything starts tomorrow. It's like NFL, like regular season Eve. So tomorrow's going to be a a very, very (laughs) happy day for a lot of uh, people. A lot of gamblers that are out there. Nobody cares about the Broncos. That's uh, that's uh, the first thing. And uh, or, or the Raiders, and uh, unfortunately Tim's not here, uh, so I can't even like knock his Raiders. But they will finish dead last in our division. We we had a staff member just go down to Vegas for the first time ever, and went and saw a preseason game, and his dad bought him a jersey, and now all of a sudden he's a Raiders fan, and I can't even look him <laughs> in the face. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, I'm hoping for uh, good things for my Dolphins this year. And I hope for good things for my Dolphins every year, and it always turns out very mediocre. Right down, right down the middle, usually like 500. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but no, they'll, they'll, they'll go nine and eight, ten and seven, somewhere in that range, and probably just miss out on a playoff spot and or just beam. sneak in. But yeah, yeah, it's they're never good enough to actually compete. But yeah, I don't know. They they they've got uh, they've got a pretty solid offense. Uh, yeah. I just don't think two is going to be the guy. Um, yeah, they, they, their wide receivers are incredible and they're in decent running game, decent defense. So that's kind of where you're going to end up is that like nine, eight, 10, seven record. So yeah, but that, that, that could win that division. Him, they've given him all of, uh, all of the tools he needs to succeed. So we'll see if two actually does something with it. And if it isn't this year, then it's time to ship him out. I think but, Palmer, yeah. I'm not joining the bandwagon. Wilson's dead to me. <laughs> I'm sick of it. It's not happening. All you gotta ask, do you guys have Aaron Rodgers? No, so I got at least I got that. That's all I got. Is that a good the rest thing? Rest of the team sucks. Yeah. What? What he's is still, with? He's Packers, still good. What's with Packers quarterbacks going down like this mentally out of control spiral at the end? They of the play Warriors? on a frozen turf all year long. Like Holy how? Cow. How else they do you want them to turn out? They must be sniffing <laughs> something out there. <laughs> It's literally um, the coldest football stadium ever, and they have to play in guy, it all year long. I watch that guy every Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show, 
and uh, he's actually pretty darn smart, but uh, his uh, his logic is kind of <laughs> out there sometimes. But uh, he he's really good. Listen, he he can throw a football, guys. He can. He, he's he's ranked like 14th preseason quarterback, reigning 14th. back-to-back MVP of the league. Yeah, <laughs> he's ranked like four, 14th. Oh God! It's not going to be a great. The world year. hates him. The world hates him. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move this on. We won't stop talking about the duck pen thing because we know our guest is a is a duck penner as well. But of uh, course, we want to bring on Mister Club Tour Champion himself, Jeff Young. How's it going, man? How's it going, guys and girl? Hello. <laughs> she she doesn't welcome Jeffy. She she's she fits in with the guy. She says she has a giant spirit dick. So... I do. <laughs> she's just one of us. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. Did you find a good place to hang your your key? Oh, you know what? It's still in the car. <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> Although it was in there for a couple days. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Mitch would have had it plastered behind him right now. Yeah, yeah I will exactly. say this right off the bat, though. I am doing a TikTok, and I have a couple in mind. Um, one I kind of got the green light on. One was a was a, a definite red light. <laughs> I didn't hurt anyone's feelings. So, so maybe only the one. But I have two really good ideas. So and now you just got to figure out how to make them. Cause I got to figure out what the TikTok is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that because awesome. we've established that you're old, Jeff? But yes, I don't, you're not that much older than me and Adam. I am 43 in a couple weeks. I just noticed the Jeff Young ish on the. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>... Yeah. <laughs> And it, it was definitely subtle, was right? not. De- it wasn't Tim that did that. It was subtle. It was subtle. Because he spelled that wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, young with an e or something on the end. Yeah, he would have done something wrong for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not his fault. It's the fat fingers that are you know typing away. <laughs> sure, you. We'll, we'll we'll go with that. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Um. So yeah, like we were talking about this duck pin stuff. So you were bowler of the year, you said in 2015? Yeah, 2015. Yep. So first off, um, kind of the good thing that we've got going on with the five pin bowlers bowling duck pin, the duck pin bowlers bowling five pin. I know that there are duck pin bowlers watching this right now. So just want to say, I see you. I see you watching. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, um, if I, I mean, I always say this. Uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> that's that's not wrong, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, I always say this: if 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 a five pin bowler ever gets a chance to to take the opportunity to go down and bowl in in a duck pin tournament, don't say play because they will make fun of you. You don't play, you bowl. There's a difference. Um, I always say do it. It's it's mm-hmm. so much fun. Um, I mean, obviously, John Cowan just experienced how much fun it really is, um, you know, last weekend. And uh, it's like a parallel universe, to be honest with you, because all your skills translate, but nobody knows you. And it's yeah. just the, it's the weirdest thing, right? Like it's, you know, you can go up there and throw throw absolute bombs, which, I mean, you're not going to throw very many strikes. I, I mean, I, I 
because I have a, a pretty good connection with a large majority of, of, of those bowlers and, and having, you know, you know, friends that are bowling, you know, that are five pin bowlers that are bowling there. I, I pretty much watch every tournament live stream and, uh, and uh, yeah, like it's just, you don't throw very many strikes, but I mean, Kobe and, and John really made it look pretty easy uh, on the Sunday for sure. I didn't get to watch any of this Saturday, but uh, it's a spare game. And the one thing that uh, they even say themselves for, for the five pin bowlers is that we are deadly accurate compared to them because um, we, we play pockets, you know, like we're a little more refined, but they should, they throw shots that we're not used to, you know, like it, I honestly feel like it, it makes you a better five pin bowler by going to bowl duck pin. Cause it really makes you reassess and not get complacent on what you do. Cause I mean, let's, let's be honest. We have five basic shots, side of the head pin, side of three pins and each two pin simple yeah. as that. Right. Where there you have to like decide what, am I going to play the inside of, of this shot or the outside? Do I want to like deflect it off this pin, then off the wall and shoot it across? Like there are so many factors that you have to think about. And, um, and yeah, like I said, it makes you a better bowler. And, and, and you guys are right. Like these guys, they op- they come in with open arms and they're so welcoming. And that's what uh, I think is awesome. Like, I, and, th- I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's good too. Like, I mean, Kobe was supposed to come up the, 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 the kid that, um, the John beat in the finals, he was supposed to come up and harping on him and harping on him for the longest time. I mean, I bowled his dad once he would have been, man, I don't think he was 10 years old. I bowled his dad in the semifinals and this kid was talking my ear off while I was like going into my approach, every single ball the kid lives for bowling. And, uh, and he was supposed to come up. A vaccine passport and everything like that never happened but uh i mean i already hear he's he's planning for january but it's a good relationship you know like awesome. we are finding for our for 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 club tour we're finding you know a wealth of bowlers that you know are literally coming out of nowhere you know like how do you find uh, you know maybe 50 bowlers that have the skill good enough to to bowl in these tournaments and compete but they never existed a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? Like they don't just grow and be there, you know, and, and, and this is a good Avenue and same, and same for down there. Um, I think it's a, it's a good relationship. And to answer your question about the bowling balls, they are the same. Like I actually, for this club tour, I use the ABC comets, not the Epco comets, the ABC ones, which are duck pin balls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I had two sets. I had uh, five, five, three, uh, and yeah, five, five, three, eight, and five three twelve were what I was throwing, and uh, and aside from that, like I mean, they're not big on soft rolls, but they have like their comets, Manhattans, and stuff like that. They're all about them. Yeah. yeah. Even a club tour for me, I was using old Comanches. Yeah, the ducking ball. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're not <laughs> illegal. You know what? It's funny because I bought. I was legal. I had I had a I had a set of. Uh, four seven eights um three twelve comets they were like a test ball like like it was like the branch between the abc comet and the epco comet and i bought them off ebay and i bought them before 312 was legal and i bought them because like i was bowling so many duckman tournaments i'm like i need a really good softer um you know basically well like brett says like a cannonball and uh and the the year that I bought them, they changed the rule to three twelve. I'm like, perfect, uh, I can use them in five pin now, so this works out great. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Is, is there an advantage to, to like, a, say, like, a soft roll compared to, to what they're using down there now? Or, like, say, say um, Starline, for example? I mean, not too many people throw Starline. Uh, I always was until I blew mine up the last tournament I bowled. And um, not many throw soft roll. But it's not that they haven't tried them. It just, I don't know, like, you always just kind of, like, pay attention to what the, you know, the, all the top guys are throwing. And they all pretty much throw the same thing. Like comets are literally like I mean Jonathan just said they're literally like gold. You know, like I bought two sets off of someone. I got a deal, so I got four balls for three hundred American, and that was a deal. And I mean these balls are like thirty years old. You know what I mean? Like, and that was a deal. So, I mean it works down there, and it works in five pin too. They're 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 very uh, they're very solid ball. They're you know they're they're consistent and, and they're very comfortable to throw. So, you know, I guess if anything, like that's a, a good feature for us. You know, we have some equipment that we didn't know was available before, you know, that now. Wasn't, you know. wasn't Manhattan's kind of a, a big ball down there for them quite a while? Mm-hmm. Like I know some guys yeah. have them up here now, but yeah, I think it's like, I, basically it's like uh, your comets, Manhattan's and pro lines are, are pretty popular. I've got, yeah. I've got a wild set of pro lines. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's people that collect the comets. Like, there are a couple of people that have like suitcases filled with these bowling balls, and they're all different color combos. And you know, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of like personalized. Yeah. Kind of like if... with the soft rolls. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I wonder if this is the avenue that we can do to actually like get our game into the states, mm-hmm. even if it's just into the eastern states like that. Maybe. You know, if it slowly builds where the competitive duck pinners are playing and the competitive five players are yeah. playing duck pin, maybe there's maybe there's a point in time where we can move, have a center down in the states and have a duck pin center here in Canada. Uh, I mean, Walt Brooks was trying, and we we like sourced some machines possibly for him for uh, uh, one one bowling center down there that had some some duck pin lanes that were that were down, um, and they didn't have the parts to to uh, to get them up and going again anytime soon. Um, I think that deal fell through, but you know, I, I, I guess the one caveat is like at Victoria Bowl, like Mitch Pape, we we literally were practicing for our last, well, the 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 one tournament that we bowled in. He's he has Mendez, and they have a duck pin feature for their scoring, mm-hmm. and uh, he was able to build a top deck for basically like ten pin, and we we did string string duck pin. It wasn't quite the same, you know, the same pin action, but it gives you an idea of like what's a good shot and what's a not a good shot. And uh, at least we're able to practice. But I mean, I don't think we're that far away from doing something like that. Cause I mean, they were running like old Sherman machines that, you know, there's a million moving parts and stuff breaks. Yeah. Like they literally have to employ a mechanic all the time, you know, so, right. so much it's, stuff. It's breaks no different than 10 pin, right? Parts. Yeah. yeah. Parts are hard to find. You know what I mean? Like I, I uh, might be able to find some five pin machines. I might know of some people that just ripped out some five pin machines. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like there's a lot of, um, um, a lot of availability. Like even when I was talking to Walt about it, there was, there was quite a bit of availability and, um, and, uh, yeah, like they, I, I don't know on what end it didn't go through on, or, I mean, it is kind of a big commitment to get everything yeah. shipped down there. And I mean, we had some lanes from our place, some, some actual lane beds shipped up from, from Michigan once and or I guess shipped down from Michigan. Um, and, uh, I mean, it takes a lot of, a lot of work to get that through, but 
I mean, if they were really committed to doing it, I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just making them understand that there's a viable market because yeah. aside from having some lanes down where they don't, um, you know, they never get used. Like it's kind of scary to pull out, yeah. you know, it's something they're, they're used change. to and yeah. And then throwing in something that they don't know if it's going to fly, you know, yeah. like Walt's pretty sure you get a five pin leg. I, I, I'm definitely confident he could get a five pin league going, even if it was just four lanes for now yeah. and make it, you know, profitable for them. But mm-hmm. I mean, someone's just got to make the first step. And I even say that for going down the duck bin. Like, if you want to, um, if you want to, like, try it, the hardest thing to do is get you down the first time. And then once you get down there, you understand what we're saying. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get you. Everybody that I've gone with has been like, all right, when are we going again? You know, on the way back. It's like, oh, that was a lot of fun. Let's go again. I, I, think, I, think, that's, I think that's a really good opportunity for us. Because, you know, almost the biggest the biggest struggle that we have in the States is that when, when they come up here and they see our game, a lot of people, it's God, it's kids, it's kids bowling. It's kids mm-hmm. bowling because it's little mm-hmm. balls and you know, you're not using the big ones, at least in the duck pin communities where duck pin is prevalent and they, they know what it is. They understand they're not going to think that five pin is, is yeah. kids bowling. It's, it's, it's not an ego driven thing. They can just throw the little balls and, and not worry about not throwing the big ones. You know? I tell you the, the, for our game, the biggest selling point to them is, is, is the strikeability. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I go down there and I always joke with them. Like if, if you have a, a, a tough start, I like, well, if we were bowling five pin right now, I'd say that's nothing six in a row and hurt. It w- wouldn't cure. Right. And then they're like, they kind of stare at you like six in a row. Like, you know, some of them have never seen somebody do that before. You know yeah. I mean, like, and it's just like, oh yeah, like if you came up and bowl five pin, you would understand. And then there's so many people that are, you know, like they come up and they, you know, they throw four or five in a row, and then the next game they throw four or five in a row, and they're like, this is crazy. Like, this is so much more fun. Just like you know, like there are features in duck pin that we find more fun because, just like I said, it's a parallel universe. It's the same, but it's not the same. Do we have a lot of duck pinners that have moved up to five pin? Like Freddie was a duck pinner, right? No, he was candle pin. There's a lot of candle pin bowlers. A lot of candle pin bowlers that are five pin bowlers. And it's funny because that shift is happening now in in uh, in duck pin as well. Um, the tournament that we went and bowled in uh, in June, they uh, the winner was Gary Santora, who's a, is a, a candle pin bowler from Maine. So you know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of nice because like the small the small ball bowling that they you know like we we all preach about is it's small ball. Um, everybody's kind of like mingling together and, and bringing some numbers up and getting better participation and, you know, learning from each other. So it, it's kind of cool that way. So when is it time for us to start small ball worlds again? I, you know what? It's funny when we had Elmira, we actually were, we had some talks about, about running that and like where was some traction on putting a team USA in and a team Canada in and, 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 you know, them coming up and bowling, they were going to, we we're going to try and figure out actually, now that there's a, a, a club tour in August, you know, like that's probably a viable opportunity because, because, yeah. you know, they can come up and then we can go down and bowl, you know, one of their duckman tournaments and then do a side event as well. I mean, they already do like their world championship where they play like Argentina and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because Argentina and Philippines also have the hard belly duckman bowling. But, uh, you know, like for us, it's hard. Like if we were to try to get into something like that for duckpin. Like, how do you pick a team? You know what I mean? Like, we we have maybe <laughs> Five nine or ten kind of, you know, um, <laughs> semi-regulars that would, you know, that are duckpin bowlers as well. But then how do you pick, like, like perfect yeah. example, like, so, so like, you have John and Nathan, 
uh, Cooper, they both go down and never bowled it before and they win their tournament. You know what I mean? Like, like how do you, like, we could bring out 150 bowlers that have never bowled it before and have a chance to win their first ever tournament, you know, the first one they ever bowled. And, like, how do you pick that, you know, as a team if you were doing, like, duck pin, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And I also want to give a shout-out to Robbie Owl, too, because I know he's watching. He's made some comments. So, see you, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean – to do the whole like Freddie kind of posted in the comments there the five pin duck pin candle pin tournament. yeah exactly that would sure. be, in, be incredible yeah that would be a lot of fun yeah I mean they, there is interest on their end for sure and um, you know proprietors as well like you know what I mean like there is an opportunity there if we can you know, kind of logistically schedule something that it could be done and we could bring that back for yeah. sure so doesn't play a different game every year, rotate it every three years. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can try and figure out like if you went and bold, if you went and bold, uh, their, their North stops, which would be Connecticut, Rhode Island. I mean, you could go to Massachusetts and, and there's, yeah. there's candle pin there too. Yeah. You know, it's like we did it one night. We didn't, we didn't bowl very well. So we went Saturday night and, and, uh, and we went to Candlepin Place and bowled, you know, a couple games with a bunch of them, and and uh, there's that chance to do that. So, yeah, you, you want to know how I found out that there was there was Candlepin in Massachusetts? How? Fall Fallout Four, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> there were posters in the game for Candlepin. Really? In Boston? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Fun fact. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna piss off. The, I mean, I already have pissed off some candle pinballers, but I. I mean, I bowled two games, and I think my second game had a 124, which is pretty good. I found it boring. Like, I didn't really enjoy it. The ball is a soft, literally the same size as a softball. So, um, for me to keep it on the lane the first half of the game, I pretty much try not to hit the ceiling and then try not to put it straight on the gutter. I mean, on my first half of game, dead, and then once I got it figured out, it was cool fine. Yeah. What's that? I think Deadwood is the cool part of the game. It right? is, yeah. It, it definitely is a different dynamic for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I really think we should do something like that. I mean, we, like I said, we have a very, um, a very good working relationship, you know, going both ways with awesome. with both associations. So you know what I mean? Like, we could do it. We're gonna have to make a a five pin U trip down there. Yeah, I mean, I keep bugging some of you guys to come out, like. Uh. Trust it's going to be harder for me now, but to do. our yeah. season just keeps getting longer and longer. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, how's, how's the Patreon fund looking, Carrie? Yeah. You guys uh, gonna we're going to need a few more patrons. Yeah. Go, go fund me. Yeah. I'm, I'm super interested. It's just mm -hmm. like I said, it runs through the summer months, right? Mm -hmm. So traveling, traveling the bowl is always tough as we all know yeah. in the winter much less giving up some summertime to go mm -hmm. do the same thing well the the good news though is that if you if you uh you plan it properly depending on like i mean any of the stops if you go to maryland there's a million things you can do make it actually a trip it's like first few times that we went we would go to either an orioles game or nationals game because if you're in baltimore you're you're an hour from from national stadium we did White House a couple times, you know, stuff like that. 
I mean, you're really, you know, you make a trip out of it. We went and played Rhode Island the one year and we, uh, we went to Fenway because it was a short drive. So, I mean, there are options. Right. I mean, yeah. I remember Jason Medhurst the one year bowled, he was either Connecticut or Rhode Island and hopped on the train after he finished bowling and went to Yankee stadium. Cause it was a quick train ride. That's you awesome. know? Yeah. So, I mean, they're worthwhile, especially if you're like a sports fan, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, as long as you make it a trip and it's, I think it's important to make it a trip too, because it, for us, like we're driving seven, eight hours minimum. And I mean, for you guys, it would be further obviously, but if you make it a full trip, then the bowling aspect of it, if it disappoints you, isn't going to ruin the whole trip. You know, it's like, uh, I bowled like crap. Cool. Let's go see a Red Sox game. You know, that'll make it worth it. You know, and then you, it's not, one sole primary reason to go bowling and, and that's it you know you, you make it worth your while we'll just create a giant party bus and yeah head on down for sure jeff you're driving because you don't drink yeah <laughs> i had a drink last night you did yeah yeah you said you were going to have a drink with me at club tour and, you and i never did yeah no. well i kind of got thrown off because we start complimenting each other and i didn't want you to think <laughs> i was already drunk so yeah, that's fair. You yeah. change when you're on your deathbed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, I thought I was going to die. I literally did. <laughs> well, you did look like it for a little bit. So. I felt it, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. But hey, I'm still so, alive. Yeah. yeah so let's, let's go into that. Okay. Um, the whole club tour situation, obviously. Um, you qualified in the top 16, so you got the early buy, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, that was definitely a, a must, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so so go through your qualifying process as champion. Um, how many times did you play, or did you make it on your first try? All that good stuff. Did not make it on the first try. Um, but I I mean, I bowled decent enough. I, I, I was over, I think it was just maybe just under 2,100. Um, but I... I I was bowling well, but not scoring well. And I just figured, you know, like I'm going to go in second shift. Uh, I, unfortunately I had to work Saturday morning. So shift availability for me was a little bit, uh, um, kind of at a premium. So I kind of had to go in and out for two and, and hope I, I found something. And, and near the end of that first shift, I kind of, um, I kind of found maybe not, uh, maybe a little bit of a rhythm and, uh, and I, I really, to be honest with you, I caught a, a, a couple hot games and, and just rode that through for, for the second shift. And I think it finished a qualified seventh. Um, you know, I was the second best young because Kyle finished sixth. We were joking about that <laughs> as, as I was bowling that shift. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, and it's tough because everyone was asking, you know, what the cut's going to be. And, and, like, how do you predict that? Because... Yeah. For us, it, it, like 320 entries, you know, maybe I'm going to probably ballpark and be high, but maybe two thirds had bowled a bit during the summer and probably a third were just like, well, let's get the season started early and, and probably hadn't thrown a whole lot beforehand. So, I mean, like, how do you predict that? You know, like it was tough. So, um, but I mean, Fortunately, I guess for me, is my first score I knew wasn't going to be good enough, regardless of what the factors and variables might be. So I was able to bowl, you know, well enough, and was pretty confident that we're going to be fine. But I was like, 
it, it is crazy as it is, like I didn't even know what the format was. And I talked to England about, about the playoffs, like trying to come up with the playoff schedule. I had no idea what the playoff, like the format even was. And it wasn't even till like the last couple games, the last shift. And they were like, Oh, it looks like you're good for, for buy. And I'm like, what buy? <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't even know about that. And then same thing. Like someone's asking me like, Oh, what's the format for tomorrow? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what do we do? I, I yeah. I, I was pretty brain dead. I mean, more than usual, but, but, um, sometimes that's a good thing though. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And then, like I said, like not having the first, you know, seven games and having that buy, I think was really important because, um, you know, as I've gotten older and less, um, flexible and all that, I've, uh, you know, learned that you got to stretch and it gave me plenty of time to kind of get, you know, myself in a, in a half decent headspace and, and stretch and, and, you know, throw when I needed to throw and, and kind of get something that worked. Um, and, uh, and away we went and I like for Greg to get to the finals and, and, and bowl 32 games is absolutely insane. And the fact that he bowled as well as he did, like, let's just throw this out there. There's an elephant in the room. I got lucky to be where I was. And not once, not twice, probably not three or four times. You know, I was a cat with nine lives, and I found a way to either luck into a win or throw a shot when I needed to or have somebody else throw a shot when they needed to for me. You know, like, Greg just brutally beat up on people and, you know, earned his way there. And, and I mean, if I'm being honest, out of the last four of us that were there, I was probably the the least – um, that, you know, like I probably the least deserving to be there, you know, for, for the way that I bowled, but I won games that I needed to win and, and, you know, found, found enough score to squeak by. Like, I think my first round I had like 1748 for, for my, uh, yeah, there you go. Like 1748 for my, for my, uh, for my seven games or whatever. But I, uh, I, I, round I, two. I, oh yeah, yeah that I mean, would be your first round. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and yep. but I went five and two. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, was it five? Yeah, five and two. So I mean I just caught people at the right time and you know what I mean? And I and I gained a little bit of momentum as, as time went on. Now the one thing that I will say that um the Saturday shift this or the Friday shift, the second shift, um kind of I kind of keyed in on something that I don't know if a lot of other people did and and I definitely put that into a game plan and I, like I know Mitch kind of giggled at it when you guys were you know asking about like like the line and playing humidity and, and everything like that but there was some truth behind that because um, when I got to the high side I'm not even kidding like my glasses were fogging up it was so so humid in there and you know, not saying that that's drying the oil, but I know that makes it, that affects things. And, and my strategy was for bowling on Sunday, I was going to throw the five inch three twelve, and I was going to throw it a bit slower for me anyway. And I needed to understand that eventually when the humidity was going to get there, the ball is probably going to move a little more. So I went to a lighter ball and picked the speed up a little bit. And then, you know, clear out a bunch of people. I went back to the heavy ball again. And as the tournament went on, 
and the humidity, I guess, I want to say drop, but because there's still a lot of people in there. Um, I just found that I needed my adjustment needed to be um, start heavy. When it goes away, go lighter. And then when that starts going away, start throwing it harder and harder and harder and harder. And that's not an adjustment, you know, like that's an adjustment we always say it's like a downfall of someone. Oh, they can't adjust. They just throw it harder. I say it all the time about people. And, um, but that, that was definitely a strategy where it was just like, I needed to understand that, um, the humidity in the place and with it being in summer, like we're playing in conditions in that bowling center, we're not used to, and, uh, I needed to adjust to it. And I'm not saying that others didn't, but I think I had a, a little bit of an edge over a few people that, you know, were just like, Oh, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And it was this, that second shift on Friday that really taught me that because when I got down to the humid, humid area, I went from throwing a bunch of strikes to picking my brains out. And it was, that ball was just moving a little bit more. And it wasn't the machines, the, the different machines down there. I really didn't feel like, for me, it didn't make that much of a difference. The machines didn't. But humidity made a huge difference for me. And I, and I definitely kind of kept that in my back pocket. Yeah, and, and maybe that was the difference. We are kind of talking before the podcast there. <laughs> the the high side the convertible side that everybody was talking about was tougher scoring i found it to be mm-hmm. a lot easier scoring yeah. compared to the lower side which was the non-convertibles but they like said when you were down on that end it was hot like mm-hmm. you're you're sweating just being oh. on, in the pit <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. it was crazy i so, like it was something that i've never really even thought of like i mean i took my hat off for a while because i was overheating and like my hair was soaked and um you know it didn't look pretty it never does when i'm bowling but it really didn't look pretty but i mean like the one the one takeaway that i'm going to do for for the next time is i'm gonna bring like i'm bringing a stack of shirts with me because like someone patted me on the back like whatever third round or whatever and they're like oh like (laughs) your shirt is soaked i'm like i'm like literally swimming in this thing it's crazy and it's just like, it, th- these are factors that you didn't really stop to think about. Like, you know, you think about bowling in August and like, yeah, it's probably going to be a little bit warm in there. And, and, but then you don't really factor in like jamming, you know, that many people in as well, you know, that just amplifies it even more. So, I mean, like the conditions were a little bit like they're a little rough and I felt it. I mean, I literally almost passed out. <laughs> so, oh yeah. yeah. The humidity so. is definitely, a, well, I'm like, not definitely, I'm like, 80% sure that's the reason why I bailed three times mm-hmm. for sure. It just slowly heating up. And like, honestly, that slider is pretty much toast now too. Yeah. It's like, I pulled it out the other day and it's like, it's just, it's just matted right down. It's, it's probably done. still sweaty. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be interesting. First day of league, pull the bowling shoes out of the bag from club tour. Yeah. They're going to be uh, pretty dirty. Yeah. Did anybody but- get Dexter falling on camera? He fell three times. I don't know how we didn't capture this. Yeah, like how did how is that not a thing that's like circulating the internet? <laughs> Confused. It's, I fall one time and it's, it's all over. It's called respect, Katie. It's called yeah. respect. Oh, okay. <laughs> good good timing on the fall. That's what it's all about. It was good timing yeah. and bad timing, right? Yeah. But yeah, so like one thing that I really want to make mention too, like I, I mean, I've I've been fortunate that a lot of people have have approached me and and and. And, uh, you know, commenting on how good my bowling was. And, and, and I'm pretty, pretty proud of that. But, like, let's stop for a second. Because, like, I'm going to say something that, like, Jeff England will never say himself. The guy fi- finished top four in his own bowling center in a tournament he was running. Like, 
do you understand how hard that is? And everyone's like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's easy. Bowling is on. Like, we were bowling in, I believe it was the third round. And, and you know, being having been a proprietor as well, like, I see the things that he probably sees, but not on the scale that he sees it. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a billion stresses going on. Like, everything that is a factor in that bowling center, he sees and he's thinking about it while he's bowling. And I was bowling on the lane right beside the curtain. And right on the other side of us were open bowlers doing whatever. He was, he was going up. I was standing. It's a duckpin thing. Um, in duckpin, you get used to doing two lane courtesy and one lane instead of one lane courtesy. So I'm off the lane and he's up there getting ready to bowl. And on the other side of this curtain, someone threw a 10 pin ball and a five pin ball at the same time. And you can hear that. I mean, Dexter, can you not hear when some, someone does something stupid in a bowling alley, no matter where you are? Instantly. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he's in his, like, he's about to take his first step. And he's, he paused, he doesn't react. He doesn't look over nothing. He just stands there for an extra long time. Pitched out, made the spare. And I went over to him like, man, like, like way to go on that. Like, that was crazy. He's like, oh, you saw that too? I'm like, oh, I saw that. I'm like, and for you to not lose your shit, yeah. like, like, kudos to you. And he went not a whole day, like a whole goddamn week like that, where yeah. everything, you know, whether it was tournament-based, you know, redemption, open bowling, bar, you know, the investment seminar, everything was a stress to him. And literally was probably like – one bad break away from, you know, taking the spot in the finals instead of me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm sorry. That, that is by far the most impressive performance that whole tournament, you know, and there were great performances. But the fact that he had to do that under those circumstances and be that successful, I mean, hats off to you. Like, that was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. And we, we praised him for it when he was on the last podcast of, mm-hmm. or the podcast before. Yeah. Is like it was unreal seeing him and him being in the moment, even with all that going on and throwing the shots when he needed to make the next round, the next mm-hmm. round and mm-hmm. the shots when he thought he needed in order to make the final, which turned out to be your ticket to the yep. final, right? Yep. It, uh, it was pretty incredible. He was super bummed out about it, but it, it's, uh, speaks volumes to his game and his mm-hmm. mental fortitude for sure. If you, yeah. if he was constantly playing and, how how good would Jeff England be mm-hmm. if yeah, he exactly. if he had the opportunity to play right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, like that tournament's hard enough to bowl in, especially to get that far, and to do it with a billion distractions. Literally, every ball you throw is is unfathomable. Like to be honest yeah. with you, yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, you were talking about like how Greg played so well. Like Greg dominated pretty much every round, mm-hmm. every bracket he was in. Um, Lenny Anseth was unreal. He yep. was it, top side of his bracket every time. Like I said, um, like, like yeah, I'm not afraid to say, like, out of the four guys that that were in the final four, I was the least deserving to be in the final. I'm. That's with, the I, great thing about that pool. That pool for sure. Me. But I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I, I just think that needs to be said, and you know. I will be the first guy to tell you oh, that. Oh, like, trust me, Jeff. People have seen the scores. They know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I, 
that's the great thing. Like you said, the great thing about bowling, like you, you have so many top players and it, it's, it's literally drama unfolding in front of you of like, you know, how many different factors, like, is this guy, if he wins this game, he can bowl this, but if he loses the game, he's got to bowl that, you know, like there's just so many, so many cool factors to that makes it a whole lot of fun to bowl in. I was sure. sitting on a beach trying to follow the stats with like limited <laughs> cell service mm-hmm. and having tough. super FOMO, but it looked like <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it, it was fun. That that's an event that um, if people get the opportunity, you need to, you need to go play it, go experience mm-hmm. it. Um, obviously, I'm super biased when it comes to the WCBT and stuff like that, but the club tour was easily just as well run if not a step above with uh having all all of jeff's um focus on it right Mm -hmm. so for sure yeah just next time i want to see the stats on the big screen in the lounge (laughs) there's a few extras that jeff could have done but uh (laughs) yeah he'll get he'll get to it yeah he'll get to it for sure he's probably sitting there right now programming everything trying to figure it out yeah. knowing him yeah 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 we uh we seen all the stats i think it was oh i don't remember what year 2019 autumn open or whatever which one it was and uh you guys had all the stats on the big screen in the lounge and we didn't mm-hmm. get that yeah so i, I feel cheated yeah well i mean the one year it, it froze it froze on the the picture of dexter and tim I'm like, man, oh, that is an ugly screen oh, to get frozen yeah. on. Yeah, that was bad. You lucky guys. That's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. funny because, like, bar sales went up, but everyone kind of, like, went out there like, I got to drink till this guy's good looking. And that never <laughs> happened. They just kept drinking. That's <laughs> okay. Good. We need to try that marketing scheme at our center then. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But, uh, but you know, like, there. I will say this. I, I, yeah. I really think this is important to kind of mention, too. Um, like, like I said earlier, a lot of people reach out to me and stuff like that. And, um, you know, if I want to be hundred percent honest, like I am getting serious here. Um, you know, you guys didn't have to say anything you did. And I appreciate it. Kind of been struggling with myself lately. And, uh, you know, you never know when your words of encouragement can really kind of drive home. So I just kind of want to make note that, you know, it reached me and, and I really appreciate it. I hope you're not talking to me. No, definitely not talking to you. No, no. man, I couldn't wait to just get on a plane and leave. <laughs> yeah. These West guys like, suck. You're, you're the one person that would went went into the travel lodge and it got dirtier. Oh, Jesus oh, wow. Christ! Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that was possible. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, man. Apparently. Here we are. Here Apparently, our room was the only one that had damn sheets. And if that's the case, it was because of me. So, um, no, man, like, you, you've been a superstar in this game forever, and you deserve all the good words, and you're a great promoter of the game. Um, you, you, you deserve all the good words out there, um, even if certain people think you're overrated. <laughs> I was wondering how we were going to throw that in there. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, no, I mean yeah. that that's that's a good thing that like that, that I like, especially now that you know, you guys are are you're making your way out east to keep everybody happy. I'll put that in quotes, and you know, a bunch of our guys coming out out your way, like that's a good relationship where you know, like you're kind of just broadening your your friendships and 
and it just it's it's exciting especially like i hadn't been to masters nationals in 12 years i hadn't bowled masters in 12 years and i mean the whole landscape of that field has changed and the bowlers have changed as well because i mean they're obviously a lot younger bowlers and, and we kind of talked about that a little bit but the the one thing that i find that's prevalent today as opposed to you know 12 years ago even is the um you know the respect shown to to each and every one of the bowlers and and it is really something to to hang our hats on and and be really proud of because you know we we form these friendships that are going to last a, a, a lifetime and you know a dozen years ago 15 20 years ago those would have been rivalries you know like it really would and 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 maybe not you know to like a violent stage but yeah. you know like there was there was never i mean i won't say never but there wasn't the the camaraderie and the and the friendships that there are today you know like the, i look forward to seeing you guys except for you dexter i don't look forward to seeing you ever but <laughs> but i mean like especially tim and uh <laughs> i look forward to seeing everybody because like these are friends that i don't get to see nearly enough to yeah. be honest with you yeah i I, we said it quite a bit on the podcast, and and I am I'm I'm very proud of where the game has moved from, mm -hmm. and like I said, even when I was in YBC, like and and going into my early adults, it it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, mm -hmm. and I had heard the stories in the past where it was like really savage at times, mm -hmm. um, and I'm so glad that we collectively as a community. Have pushed it forward to a point where it's far more inclusive respect mm -hmm. you're exactly right respect is there the people yep. at the higher end of the game are welcoming to the people that are entering the higher end of the game because that's how we grow the game mm -hmm. um and, and at the end of the day i think there's the difference between a good player and a great player is how they handle themselves and carry themselves and i, I think we're at a point where we have a lot of great players in mm -hmm. the game and, well, and i think it's i think it's awesome let's not like you know, beat around the bush and like, we really need to mention too, like the, the culture that you guys have created with the WCBT, you know, um, my, as I call him, my little brother, Mitch, um, and Jen and I always say that, that about him and, you know, like other people following suit that uh, MBT, which is going on right now, you know, like, like these are all cultural type things that are only going to make that stronger. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've had club tour for quite a while. You guys have been doing your, 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 your Western tournaments for quite a while but you can see momentum gaining where people are kind of getting it you know and and i mean i said this before like if if you want to um change the culture you need to be the culture and and we're doing that you know M maybe not so much me but you know the people that are putting these events together and and spending a lot of their time and not getting anything for it um yes you know monetarily anyway um a lot of time and effort to to have these avenues for people and and it's not um it's not without some successes you know what i mean like like you look at the landscape today i mean we're talking about how great things are i mean you guys are very you know primarily responsible for that and we can't let that go without being said thank you yeah. except for oh, you yeah, guys yeah. you suck <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tried so hard not to say anything there. I know, I just, know. I had to. <laughs> Wasn't directed to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We pre- I appreciate the words. Um, obviously, everybody's been a big part of all this stuff. And you and Mitch, um, as much as we, we try and make fun of Mitch and you, um, you guys coming a part of these podcasts as much as you guys do, mm-hmm. giving up your free time just to uh, make the joke viable and spread the word and all that good stuff. It's uh, it's meant a lot to us, so yeah. uh, we appreciate it. And I hope we get to go to a lot more events together. That's, sure. that's the whole point of this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then we take on the Duckman world. Yeah. 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 Great. It's actually funny too, like kind of talking about like how things are. Um, I know you guys have done some absolute crazy uh, investment seminars um, in, in, you know, your, your tour history. And, you know, we had a, a decent one as well. But um, so I played ball last night and um, I play ball on a team with uh, Robert McDougal and, and Mitch Pape. Oh, and, so it's uh, not the Legends League. No, no. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> So we, uh, so we were, we were talking last night and we have like a bunch of guys that they don't know anything about bowling. And now that I've won club tour and they, and they've obviously talked about investment seminar, these guys are like, like, man, like we need to get in on this. Like when's the next investment seminar? We want to go to this. Like I should try starting bowling. I didn't know there was money in bowling. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) It's not that much money in bowling. (laughs) Yes. And we're no gambling here. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it's uh I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with it. I don't care. But you know what I mean? Like <laughs> No, you're uh, all good. You're all good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I, we we can we can have a code word for it maybe. We just we can't say it on air. But, um it, it's it's crazy that like now these are non bowlers that are now interested in the game, you know, and and you know, maybe there's something to that as well. You know, like the yes. availability, like I know I got I'm sure your guys' numbers for for your your tournaments are are, are pretty on on spot, but zero like, now, zero. <laughs> yeah, but you but you know what I mean, like no, but I mean like for viewership. So oh, yeah. yeah. So like I mean, we had over 200 people at one time watching you know the club tour on the Sunday, and you know like you wonder how many of those people are recreational bowlers, people that don't bowl, they're just kind of interested. You know what I mean, like like that maybe this is kind of get the wheels kind of turning a little bit like, you know, Hey, maybe I need to get my kid in this or, you know, maybe I need to get back into it or, you know, whatever it takes. But this is something for us anyway, that we haven't really had a viable Avenue to kind of promote it the way it really needs to be promoted. We're starting to get there. This is why I've continually wanted to try to get bowling on a bet three, six, five. Mm-hmm. Because this is without this gambling. Is the, yeah. yeah, this is the wrong way to go. We're not this... talking about gambling. <laughs> once, but... it, once it's legal, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. And I actually got a hold of Bet Three Six Five, and they were like, "No." But yeah. if we we've got to find a legal way where it's accessible to people to gamble, because that's how we're going to get viewership, and that's how mm-hmm. we're going to get other people joining it and and paying attention to a sport that they may not have thought they wanted to do before. Yeah, you're you're hundred percent right. It's the easiest way to get the outside community, outside of the community we already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know some people who'd be interested in that. Yeah, they watch. They watch the Dream Crushers every right. week. One hundred percent. I mean, I talked to two of them in my ball team last night. <laughs> you know, they're like, "Let's get in on this." Like, we seriously want to go to the to the next one just just for that. Like, they'll watch some bowling and do their thing. You know. Absolutely. I could not agree more. But it's exciting because, like, let's be honest, like, five-pin bowling for the longest time was the redheaded stepchild of bowling, right? 
and nobody looked at it as something serious. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having conversations constantly, like whether I'm at work or playing ball or, or whatever, where people are like, wow, like this is a big deal. But they've never had that opinion before. Never come across like you're almost like eh, I bowl. Oh, five pin or ten pin. You're like oh, five pin. You know what I mean? Because you know what's coming after that. But now it's not like that at all. Now it's just like, yeah, like this is what it is. And you know, yeah. Sorry, John. No, no offense to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's funny you say that, Jeff, because even I started a new job here not not too long ago, back in February. And here we had a bunch of tournaments coming up. And so I had to take days off right away from my new job. And that was the first thing they asked. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going bowling. And they asked five pin, 10 pin, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But then you get into the nitty gritty details. They ask like, well, what's it about? Oh, there's entry fees. There's prize money and stuff like that. There's a lot of interest in it. Once people are introduced to it, it's not, it's the people that aren't introduced to it. They have no clue what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's getting that information out to those people in order to build it, right? And that's where the stigma comes from is a lot of people are embarrassed that they're Mm -hmm. five pin bowlers. They don't promote it. They don't Mm -hmm. share it on their social media because they're scared their ball friends or their hockey friends are whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. But the ball friends are the ones you need to share that with because there's there's a reason why... It works so well and like well together. It mm-hmm. one season ends, the next season starts. Like it, it, yeah. it. We have so many ball teams to play. But I think the big thing, Carrie, is that again talking about the money involved with it, right? Because mm-hmm. the money is the one thing that everybody can relate to. Exactly. Hey, yeah. you, you're going to win ten grand at this tournament. You can win ten grand at a, at a five pin bowling tournament. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, all of a sudden of, right? that brings like, validity to it right away. Yeah. And and you know let's not forget too like the the professional presentation of it and we're getting there with that too because you know we're we're starting to have tournaments where there's you know a little bit of um pride in in the product but the presentation of the product is getting really good too where you know like you send a link to somebody like hey you need to check this out this is a tournament i was in and you know they're like oh wow like this is like pretty well put together this is you know like this is entertaining like they're People, I, I work with a guy that said that, you know, he had he, he bowled years and years and years ago, and hadn't really even thought about it till he found out it was a bowler. And 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 I told him like, oh yeah, I'm going to bowl in this tournament. And he's like, like, are they going to? Is that going to be on TV or anything? I'm like, well, they're going to live stream it. And he's like, can you send me the link? He like literally like grabbed a piece of paper right away. He gave me his phone number. He's like, can you text me a link? He's like, I really want to, you know, I really want to see this. Like this looks like like. I just remember bowling. It's kind of like bringing me back. I want to see what it's like now. And you know what I mean? Like how many people are out there like that? Like I'm sure a large majority of us have that same experience where somebody either bowled 30, 40 years ago and, you know, forgot about it and kind of have a little bit of interest in it. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, hang on a second. Like mm-hmm. this has changed a lot since when I bowled, like maybe this is something I want to get into again. Do, do, do you think that that stigma is a little bit less these days, especially on like more of that elite level? I, I, I'm seeing way more sharing uh, on like social mm-hmm. medias. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, you know, most of our networks are, you know, majority bowling related. Mm-hmm. But all those 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 people that never would have shared anything now all of a sudden they, they seem to have that little bit more of a personal connection. They have no problem sharing it. Like, I, I think that that so-called, like, shame st- stigma that mm-hmm. uh, I, I certainly had, you know, 20 years ago. For sure. Right, it's, so, it, it's, it's kind of lessening, and th- 
the bowling is good. If they've got a personal connection to you, you can portray that personal connection with the rest of the community. And yeah. they invest, uh, right? This is a fun, funny story to go along with that, though, is like, so so I have a fancier car. I don't, I don't know if you guys happen to see it at, at Club Tour. I've and never seen it on your social media at all. No, I try to actually, I try, I try to separate <laughs> it actually the most part. But um, when, when Jen and I go for rides in it, we get asked a lot, like, like pull up with the lights and people are like, Hey, what do you do for a living? And I, and I, it hasn't happened since I've, I've made this claim, but I said, next people that ask me, I'm going to say I'm a professional five pin bowler and just see what the reaction is. <laughs> I'm just going to go around telling everyone, Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a professional five pin bowler. And they'd be like, what? Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm going to do Absolutely. it, but I haven't, nobody's asked me since. So we haven't really, we haven't had too much time to get out there and, we're gonna have cardboard on. cutouts of you at every center soon, <laughs> promoting something. Yeah, maybe at the dartboard, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, I actually just added that to my Instagram profile about three, four months ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, because it, we are professionals in, in mm-hmm. what we do best. Yeah. Right. Obviously, it's not paying the bills or anything like that, but there is that upper echelon, and if you can promote the sport, especially the highest end of that sport, yeah. you will get people invested, and maybe they go down the rabbit hole and they see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I did, you know what? It's funny, in a warm-up for, for the Sunday Playdowns, I, I actually had that conversation with Matt Montgomery um, from the Windsor area, and, and he's just like, like, oh, like I feel like a professional bowler, or however he said it, and I was like, like, you are a professional bowler. Like It's not kind of like, you are, you know? John, are we gonna have uh, game coupons on the? Oh yes, you gotta have the bowling coupons the on the cereal box. <laughs> yeah, because that doesn't strike a chord at all with me. Actually, doesn't anymore. I don't care. That's <laughs> um, it, It's this is kind of an, an out there sort of theory, but I wonder if the shift, like, so obviously there's been a shift in the industry. We're kind of at a point where there's a lot of like fun centers and less just straight league bowling centers but i wonder if that sort of helped the stigma of it too because now you're having like a lot more people that are going out to just enjoy the game you're having a lot of young we see a ton of younger people coming out and just having a great time and drinking beer with Mm -hmm. their buddies and and then realizing that that game is Mm -hmm. the game is super fun and like i mean let's be honest when we get to the highest level of the game that doesn't change. We're, we're still just out there throwing balls and drinking beers with our buddies, mm-hmm. right? So I wonder. I wonder if that shift in the industry has actually brought in some younger people and reduced that stigma a little bit. As well. I don't know if it's like it also could be our age because I know when I used to True. talk to my friends and I'd be like, "Oh, like it's so dorky. I play five pin bowling," and they'd be like, "Yeah, that is kind of dorky." But now they're like, "Oh, I love going bowling. Like we go to Plaza and drink beer. Like that place is so cool." And, like, the more you talk about, like, oh, yeah, I played at Nationals and came home with a medal. And they're like, oh, like, that's really cool, like, that you're really good at something. But I almost wonder if it's, like, we've kind of outgrown that, like, you have to do something Mm. cool. And now, like, it's cool to be good at something. Or it's, like, cool to go out and have fun. You know what I mean? And you have to defend it less. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I find that my conversations around it have changed. Like, I don't. I used to like completely not tell people mm-hmm. unless they knew that I was a bowler. But like now I'll be like, yeah, like I have league tonight. And they're like, oh, like that's cool. Like I go bowling on Saturday night sometimes. And it's like, yeah, yeah like, you know, you could join a league too. Right. And like mm-hmm. we can have that conversation a little bit more openly. Mm-hmm. And then when they ask like, oh, why did you take time off work? Oh, to go to a tournament. And they're like, 
oh, you can win money. Like they have more questions. They're more engaged in it. They're more interested in knowing that there's like a live stream or there's things that they can watch and they're kind of more open to it, I think. I wonder if you're talking about age. I wonder if part of that is too is the fact that, you know what, our age, a lot of people have like, moved away from their sports and stuff i mean when we were 17 18 they're in all sorts of sports that every sport there is they're in all of it right but you start to get to like you know 30 or 35 and you're starting to have families and stuff and then then all of a sudden they're not going to nationals for soccer they're not going to nationals for anything like that in hockey and stuff anymore a lot of people play slow pitch but like i mean those those are a big deal like you have worlds and everyone's like yeah let's go to that but like now I think there's like almost a, a bit of a more ESSC respect level. Tuesday night, exactly. get a t-shirt. Exactly. But I, I feel like there's almost more of a respect level yeah. that, hey, you just won a national medal. You just don't see that as often anymore as an adult. I, as I, a kid, you got to see it maybe a little bit more often. You know? I think the narrative's changed where, you know, like for me, for myself personally, like like people say, no, there's Jeff, a professional bowler, and there's Jeff, a professional bowler. It sounds the same, but it's not the same. Before, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. And now it's just like, check this out. You know what I mean? Like, that narrative has really changed, like you guys are saying. Maybe it's the age group. You know, maybe it's the association with a place that's fun for them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, there's definitely, think, you know, merit to both of those points. Because, you know, I've noticed that change where it's kind of like, they're kind of making fun of you at the start. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Hey They're guys, check this out. This is my friend. He's a professional yeah. bowler. Like they, they say it with pride now and yeah. you know what it is, who knows, you know? Yeah. Even I noticed like my coworkers, I'd come back from a tournament and if there was something written in the paper, mm-hmm. the paper would be like cut out on the staff room yeah. table and they're like, did anybody <laughs> see this? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's getting um, also people in those positions that um, I know like, cause I'm from a very small community back when I was younger, like the YBC program and stuff are, was fairly successful. So when we went to provincials and stuff like that, it was always in the paper, but it was the proprietors reaching out to the paper saying, hey, you know what, these kids are going to provincials and stuff like that. You don't see that anymore. It, in my community, I don't, the paper isn't really a thing anymore. Like I think, Bit. No. it's like four pages now and stuff like that so it's kind of moved away from that obviously with social media mm-hmm. being so available and electronic media but um i don't know if there's people in those positions that could help promote that side of it or if it's just kind of if it's a thing that they're they're close to they'll post it if not they don't really care i don't how do, how do you break into the the media side anymore it, it's tough yeah, I mean, our, we get a, we'll say we get a we get a newspaper every week here in Kitchener, and it goes from the end of our driveway to recycling. <laughs> it doesn't even make it in the house anymore. I mean, that's just yeah. the way it is, right? But but what are we doing to send it over to those media outlets? Mm. Even if we were to write, you know, a, a mini article or something like that, and get it over to them, would they publish it on their web, like on their website somewhere? Right? Would they even do that? And then that—that's where right, I guess we've got to find that that correct contact, or or maybe or we become those contacts. Out. That's just it, right? Well, we, right? they do that because I know that we've looked into it with the Edmonton Five Pin before, and mm-hmm. we have reached out to, like, we've done the radio thing and we've done the newspaper thing when Edmonton had like a really strong showing at the Open, but we just haven't consistently been on top of doing that yeah. for like our youth tournaments and our adult tournament, like all of those things we haven't been consistent with, but. 
we do have some contacts. I know that they will publish yeah. it, but yeah, or, or get it back going on, you know, yeah. five pin U. Yeah, as I say, like it, we can become those contacts where you know you have a tournament, you've got some footage of it. I just, I mean, it takes somebody editing, having an actual story about it, talking about it, writing about it, whatever the case may be, and putting it out there. And you know, it, sure, it might start as you know just a five pin universe only, um, you know, uh, piece, but maybe it becomes something bigger where people will just basically be able to copy, copy and paste to their publication, and, and away you go, right? For them, it'd be simple well, yeah. to do something. They didn't have to put any effort into it. Well, and that was kind of the, the idea of the WCVT. And Jeff, you were a part of it, um, starting doing the press conferences for the events, mm-hmm. yep. bringing attention to the the best players or the, the local players of the tournament and to bring attention to that situation, mm-hmm. to that tournament specifically, and attention to those players because you're trying to promote players that help elevate the sport and stuff like that. And... Even with doing those, it it came to a point that the people's just weren't even sharing the press conferences and in our own social media bubbles and stuff like that. So there there's a wall and a disconnect. We mm-hmm. we see that um, talking about it is a lot easier with our friends, but it's still there's still a stigma because people aren't sharing it, or maybe well, they're they're sick and tired of seeing bowling on their social media feeds, which is a very big possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, saturation. Yeah. I know, like, wow. we did um, for open qualifying in our region the one year, we, um, I really, I, I put together a, a whole bunch of, like, bowler profiles of people who made the team, and, and I mean, it took about a bunch of work, and then the next year I wasn't part of the open, and I was kind of hoping that maybe we would do something like that again, and, I mean, like, if you ask, I mean, maybe the, maybe the narrative of that changes, but, I mean, if you had asked a lot of bowlers of, accomplishments and dates and everything like that like they couldn't even tell you you know high scores you know what they what they shot in this tournament you know like there's so much of bowling and and i think maybe the part of that is the stigma that we're talking about where there was never any pride in it or not as much pride in it but like i think as us as bowlers have to do a better work promoting that too because you know like talk to so many bowlers and, and and, and Jen and I kind of did like maybe like a little social study on this where we asked a lot of bowlers, you know, just over time of, you know, like accomplishments. And they're like, I mean, I think I won this year. Maybe I came second this year. Like they don't really have hard facts and nothing's ever written down of their accomplishments. And John Conti was a guy like that, like really, really noticed it when, when his Ontario hall of fame induction, you know, came in and, he had a notebook that had everything like when he was a kid, all his scores, like every week practice sessions, who bowled, what, what is score. He knew every 400 game he's bowled in his life. You know what I mean? Like that's I don't, the one thing I actually keep track of. Good. So, like, and good I for you. But a lot of people phone. don't, I'm not one of them. Like yeah. someone's asked me like, you know, like high scores and stuff. I'm like, I, don't I have know, no idea. Like, and I've done a little bit better of a job, but yeah. you know, like, like high triples, like thousand plus or nine hundred plus. So like, I mean, I'm probably good for at least a thousand triple every year and a four hundred every year. Like, what did you do last year? Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I have no idea, right? Because a lot God of people don't take the time to do that. On five pin universe, yeah. That's the only reason I would know any of my stuff. Yeah, but that's but that's like I'm probably going to say that's a large majority of bowlers. Yeah. Right, and maybe part of that is the stigma where we don't 
you know, we're not proud enough of our accomplishments that we don't take note ourselves. But I mean, that is a, that's a big problem that we have that we need to kind of overcome obstacles as well, where, you know, you can ask certain people, like I'm sure I know Jim Head's watching. You can ask Jim Head, you know, details of wins and, and scores and he knows it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we need more of that. We need more John Conti's who have the notebook out and, and, you know, like, Oh, I bowled a 418 this year against this person on this day, you know, like, no idea otherwise for myself you know like i have a couple instances that i remember some cool stuff and that's it other than that no idea yeah it's uh it's getting to a point and i don't know if that came from the proprietors because you or not the proprietors um the people running the leagues and stuff like that because there used to be uh a master's league in calgary adam can talk about this they kept stats of everything i know vancouver Mm -hmm. had a league that did that it it's I, think, you, I, think, I don't know if you can rely on the person because I can tell you through my baseball career, I didn't keep personal stats. There was somebody mm-hmm. that did that for me, right? Yeah. yeah. So Automatic that's where scoring we... was the problem. <laughs> Automatic scoring is yeah. what changed it. But the proprietor has all that information. Automatics prepare all that for you, right? Like mm-hmm. it was a missed opportunity, and I think that's where the ball was dropped, and we we lost that, right? I think. Um, I wish it was just with, built into the scoring systems. Yeah. Well, yeah. it can be. <laughs> like with so, with JB what he's doing, like at least we're we're creating something again where like Jeff you can say that on the WCB tour, Jeff Young is a 267 player, he's won this many matches blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. That could be pulled up instantly. That's what we need. We're mm-hmm. we're missing that stat side of stuff. For sure. Yeah, I know we so so Jen and I are starting like a mini a mini league right now, uh, Sunday nights at Ingersoll, which, I mean, you wouldn't know too much about Ingersoll lanes, but they have the same machines and scoring system as the Englands do. They have their scoring stuff. Um, I'm very are gonna, bitter about that. Are you? Yeah, well, hey, you, get in line. Because <laughs> we never got it. We never got it in Elmira. But anyway, um, so we're going to do a league there. I think there's, we have like two teams, I think, right now, and it's just more of like a, a – a big group together um, to uh, to bowl in this little this little league, and it's the bowling center that that uh, that Jen Jen essentially ran. Her and her brother would run, and then when we left Elmira, um, her brother bought it off her off her parents. It's now been sold to to, to another bowler, and uh, so we're gonna do a um, every week league. One week is five pin, next week is ten pin. We're gonna alternate every week, awesome. but. I actually would, I'm going to talk to, to Petey um, and see if I can get the stats, like hit percentage, score on first ball. I want to do that for the whole year and just see how much work it is to do that off of like that system. If it's possible at all, I would imagine it is. But, um, and kind of come up with some some pretty cool stats that maybe maybe we can pay a little more attention to, you know, and to other bowling centers and other leagues where, you know, I, I know like there, there are stat sheets out there for like the old Toronto majors leagues from like way back in the day and they have strike percentage, spare percentage, hit percentage. They have all those numbers for the whole year. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, that's something to consider. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we need to get, I guess we need to get ourselves kind of, in the, the frame of mind where we keep stats a little bit better, maybe. I know I, I know I need to, for sure. And, well, it's a matter of what people want to do with them, though, right? Mm-hmm. 
some some people just like to look at them and not really do anything yeah. with them. Just but it could be cool to it, see. But some it, it could be a huge tool. Could be as you say, it could be a good it could be a good learning tool for sure. Like you you know, like people always ask, well, what makes you know you better than a like different than a two fifty average? And it's just like I can tell you, but and I can't physically show you stats. But if I was able to show you the stats, like, well, here's my strike percentage. You know, here's you know, here's my hit percentage. Here's how they're different than someone who averages 240 or 250 or whatever. Yeah. You know, these are the numbers that would be, yeah. you know what I mean? That, that would be beneficial to everybody. I think to be able to say like, look at, look at a youth bowler or, you know, someone who's just trying to get better and say, well, you're kind of lacking in this number. This is what you need to work on. We just kind of do a crap shoot. You can watch him bowl for five, 10 minutes. And say, Oh, you need to hit the head more. You know, we don't yeah. have the stats to back it up. Not, not even just for a schooling tool or a building tool. It's huge for the fan base, the audience base mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the W like we did it for the tour finals this year. Um, and hopefully they got utilized as much as, as we could. Obviously we didn't have all the stats, but we had hit percentages. We had strike percentage. We had spare percentages of those players on the first three events of the tour. So at least, there's some context to somebody that's just watching maybe the first episode and you get to see Dexter Wiseman is strike percentages, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's pretty good. Is if he hits a mill, he's probably going to strike, mm-hmm. right? Like it's information that those people wouldn't know if they don't know the sport, they just and... sit down and watch it. They're going to be like, Oh, these guys suck. They don't strike very often. Oh wait, the tour percentage is this. They're better than that. It's a tougher game than I think, right? There, yeah. there's a lot to build a fan base on as yeah. well. And a lot more importantly, when it gets on bet three, six, five and you have strike percentages. That's right. You know, <laughs> so-and-so strike this strike percentage or over under this game for strikes. 1.7 to one on his bet. You know what I mean? Like you can have better odds. You can have more accurate odds for yeah, that. Exactly. We've got to get yeah. it done. It's got to yeah. happen. And who doesn't like degenerate gambling? You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's no a sport that's up. built off of it. Yeah. AGLC. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, you know. Apparently, yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We can call them out now. It doesn't make any difference at this point, does it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. They they won't let us do it anyway. So yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, we, we should take this time maybe to recognize that uh, the Newfoundland Bowling Tour just had a High Rollers event. I was just yep. going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I well, thanks for taking away then. You I got know. it. Uh, congratulations to Brandon Tibbs. Won the nice. high, the Invitational. Or nice. the High Roller event there. It looks like uh, he was facing Julie Hughes in the final. So. Part of the squad right there. Um, they have doubles tomorrow night, is it? Do they have doubles? Do they have a Friday night event too? That, this That's... Wednesday. That's Throwing crazy. me off. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, they have a bunch of events. I know that. I just it's awesome. They're doing it right. Is this out the there. first year for it? For NBT for no. this specific one. So is it always on Wednesday? Like, does it always start Wednesday? Oh, I don't know about that. I have no idea. That is a great information. If Shane Chafe ever came onto podcast, <laughs> he could give us all that information. <laughs> Wednesday seems early for a major. Yeah. Event. Like it's we just an odd timing. There. We might be getting there. Dexter, be faster. I'm. I'm. I, their website is like 
not not fast. Is <laughs> As there's me sitting here doing nothing to help, yeah. just sitting here yeah. asking questions. <laughs> well, while he's looking, like that, that's the thing that too. Like, like you look at those guys, you know, even at Masters Nationals, at Youth Challenge, they had a you know a monster showing, and the team went undefeated, right? So, like, I would say the MBT has got a lot to do with that, and you know, like totally. Melissa yep. Manor and, and and Shane. You know, are huge hands in that and and changing that culture and making it you know uh, exciting time where you know they're like you can see the difference in their ability, men's and women's. You know what I mean? Like are like they're going to be a problem for years. You know, yeah, oh, totally. and you know they got a couple more experienced bowlers maybe you know next year that are going to join them to help them along the way. And you know what I mean? Like, um, but like it's exciting to see such a young group. Where, you know, like, I'm sure if you ask, like, Melissa, who's, you know, been going to nationals year after year after year, that that change where it was just like, you're going there and you're kind of getting beat up a little bit. Now it's just like, you're forced to be reckoned with. And, you know, top to bottom, it doesn't matter who's on that team, it's going to perform. And that's exciting, you know. Man, this is the best you've looked all day, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Can you so that? yeah, okay. So it doesn't look like they have something. Get, a, get out of here! <laughs> it doesn't look like they have an event on Friday night. So the high roller pins game tonight, the doubles tomorrow, and a oh yeah, doubles and a qualifying tomorrow. shift. Yeah, and then no, I I don't think so. That's there's I think that's qualifying for the doubles event. Okay. Because then they say main event shift one is on Friday at six thirty. So they have the three shifts later on, starting in the Friday night, and then go from there. So, um, not not really a bad option. Maybe maybe TPC we should move our doubles to like Thursday night and have our have our invitational on Wednesday night, and then have you know more time for shifts on Fridays. And so that's the beautiful. Thing. So that's the beautiful thing about the, out there though. They have like a, a large population of really good bowlers, all very close together. Absolutely. So I mean, that is simple. Like they're going to work tomorrow still, but they can still bowl this event at night. Yeah. Like that is something that you know you guys are gonna have a harder time do because you're gonna have people traveling. That's an extra day possibly that they're gonna, you know, have to head out early, take a day off of work, et cetera, et cetera. Where you know they have a concentrated population where they they have that ability to make it, you know, what it is. Where it could be a week long. You know, like Mitch Pape and I have always talked about running a tournament where it's like kind of like the U.S. Open style, where you're just bowling, like literally qualifying like 40 games over a week. But I mean, like, how feasible is that to do in any place but, say, like Newfoundland, you know, yeah. it, where they have so many good bowlers? Like, that's the one thing that I noticed when I went out. I was out there in February and uh, I was looking at houses and stuff like that. And like, just to see how many good bowlers in such a small area, it was, it was baffling to know, like, like they're, basically the, their national teams are like one city. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy that they have that many good bowlers in one small area. Yeah. You move dogs. your doubles to Thursday night and you're going to lose so much money in alcohol. No, I know. If anything, <laughs> I think we'd put like another shift Wednesday night. So locals can play there. But yeah, that's if we can start filling up the Thursday morning shift too. But, and then when we'll end you... up filling up the Wednesday shift and we'll put in a Wednesday afternoon shift and, it's just it's just a slippery slope forever. We need more lanes. Sea cans. Yeah. You should expand. Yeah. Into the parking lot. I'm sure the landlord would love us doing that. 
expanding for him footage. for free. We don't need to know. <laughs> oh, he would love us. He would legit love us. Yeah. Let's just like build his equity for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need you're a... good people doing that for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Jeff, when, when do you move out that way? Uh, so house is supposed to be built for May 1st. So yeah, that's exciting. If any, like for anyone who doesn't know, like Jen and I are getting a house built in Saint, just outside of St. John's in Paradise, and uh, it was supposed to be in a couple of weeks. Really, originally we we're supposed to be moving, but they, uh, they I think they're building thirty-one houses in this phase in our neighborhood, and uh, it's it's uh, it's coming along a little slower than than we thought it would. They told us like October, November, and we want to drive out, so we're not going to do that in the winter time. So we just told them to finish some of those other houses first and worry about ours and we'll come out in may and we'll be we'll be good with that so yeah it's exciting because i mean that's going to be a huge life and lifestyle change for us that you know um we're we're really excited like it seems like the majority of them are excited too so it's going to be uh it's going to be good times what what prompted the uh decision to move there uh you know if i'm really being simple like like house prices here are stupid like they yeah, literally no, like, totally i mean they're coming down now and we actually joke that it's because we got a house built starting to get a house built in newfoundland is why the prices are going down because <laughs> if we didn't do it they'd still be stupid but you know like average when we when we committed to this house the average house price in kitchener was 1.2 million dollars and you know we both make decent money and we got money in the bank but like how affordable is that and you know we're you know jen's turning 30 this year again and I'm turning 43, so we're not getting any younger. And uh, you know, we it's, it's like the the idea of like, do we want to, you know, pay a crazy mortgage for 20 more years? Like, you know, in into Jen's late 40s, early 50s, and you know, my 60s, or do we, you know, like you're really committed to that, eh? Yeah, well. I just, <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> he has to be smart man. So you know what I mean, like, so like we we saw an opportunity where we we could, um, you know, make a move, and we're we're pretty versatile. We've moved several times. I mean, we moved to to run the bowling alley. We, you know, I was comfortably living in Hamilton and picked up and moved out to Ingersoll, and then we went to Telmyra and then Cambridge and then Kitchener. Like we've moved tons. This is just a little bit bigger of a move for us, and. You know, like really nothing changes. We can, I feel like we're smart and, you know, um, versatile enough that we can get jobs anywhere. So, you know, why work ourselves into the, into the ground with paying mortgages and stuff like that, where we can, you know, get ourselves comfortable with an easy mortgage and, you know, do whatever we want out there pretty much, you know, like that, that's, that's the name of the game. We, we put an offer in on a house. So we, we went and looked at a house in, I'm going to say November and uh, it was they were asking four ninety nine nine for this house. It was in Stratford, which is like, you know, I guess maybe like an hour, 40, 40, 45 minutes or so from Kitchener. And uh, we went and looked on like a, a Thursday or Friday, and and they said they were holding offers until Monday between eleven a.m. three p.m. only. They weren't they weren't taking anything. So we, we looked at it and the house was decent. Like it was, wasn't huge by any means. It was maybe 17, 1800 square feet. And it was just recently done on the inside outside. Needed a little bit of work and a, and a detached garage and need a little bit of work inside. So we decided we'd go 560. So we were at 60 over asking and, uh, the Monday rolled around and we put our offer in and, and we did not win it. And, uh, we missed by $200,000. It went 260 over yeah. asking. They had 110 offers in four hours. 
<laughs> so like right then and there was just like, well, how feasible is it to be doing this? Like this yeah. doesn't make sense financially for us. Yeah. If we don't have to, we don't have like we're empty nesters. We, we you know, we don't have any ties to be here aside from, from, from Jade and our, our granddaughter, mm-hmm. you know, we can work around that. But like Jen's oldest is in Halifax. She works, she's, she's living in Halifax. So that's not far away, you know? So yeah. Like, why can't we pick up one more time, just move a little bit further away and, and, you know, live an easier lifestyle. We can start bowling stuff. Like, again, like we can, we can have, you know, we can go to nationals. We can, we've always, we both bowled nationals this year, but we weren't able to bowl the same one because we weren't able to bowl the same terms together because someone always had to be home with a dog and work and whatever. So like, it's just really hard to navigate all that stuff. And we're just looking for a way to get away from that and kind of live life, you know, like, What's the sense if you're only working? Yeah. Yeah, fair. So, and then I'm going to learn how to drink because I'm going to have to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, living out there. Yeah. Not a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so much free time. What are you going to do with yourself? Yeah. I'm going to drink and shovel snow. That's my thing. <laughs> Not in May. Yeah, well, you know. Golf season starts early out there and lasts forever from what I heard. Yeah, well, I got to figure out how to golf again. It's been a while. Just, the, their winters aren't as cold, but it's just so much snow. You I can handle so the snow as long snow. as it's not like minus 20 every day. Like, yeah, I right. hate the cold. And that's another thing to notice, too, because everyone's like, well, you know, it's not as hot as it is here. And, like, I maybe I'm just getting older, and I'm like, I used to always say it can't be too hot for me. I love it. Now it's just like, it's too hot. Like, I, I don't like it. You know, I don't like sitting outside and, and, like dying of sweat and not doing anything. Never mind if I was actually doing something. So, you know, like I said, maybe it's as I'm getting older and I don't want the heat or the humidity as much, but you know, I'm, I'm okay with it being a little bit cooler down with that. Um, should we go to the other side of the, the country and talk about the triple crown Memorial that was held in, uh, Vancouver? At Dell Lanes, they had uh, a Triple Crown tournament, September long. Um, Bobby Herman is the is the champion. He won the last event they had in Abbotsford. Oh, he, he was also Unreal. high qualifier. Wow, he was high qualifier too. Look at that. That's really not too often. That's really small. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make that bigger? I no, I can't. Hey, Dexter hears that all the time. <laughs> 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 It's been nice having you on, Jeff. Here you go. All the power. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, good for good for Bobby. Hell of a competitor. He's been a great bowler for so many years, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I wish we got to see him more often, but it's it's nice that uh, you got to see him play Masters and stuff again this Mm -hmm. year too, and yeah, play well at Masters and yeah. Probably Double one of the champ. most competitive human beings I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just yeah. pure intensity, but he's so awesome off the lanes, too. It's just fun yeah. to have around. But um, I think they came up with, what What did we say? It was 65 entries in total? Yeah. So That's what it was looking like. Yeah, it's a starting point for them, for sure. Um, I know they're looking to try to get to 100 next year, but um, it, it, it's a start. So, yeah. Um, well, it, sorry. I was just gonna say, like it, it, it'll take a few years to get some momentum, but 
Yeah. I mean, because we used to be like that with with uh, used to do it in Elmira Open. Like the first couple of years was forty people, mm-hmm. you know, and it gains momentum in time. And people realize it's a good tournament to go to, and you and know, people start planning for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, the con- concept of you know the the, the three late uh, you know legends that that are out there, I, I think, will help spur the tournament as well. Do, do they have to add in? Uh, it's. Uh, do they, do they have to add in news. Mr. Ron Sadness, too? Um, that one was a heartbreaking one to hear. Mm-hmm. Glad that we had him on so that everyone can, you know, have something to go back and relate to with him. But, um, yeah, Big Big Daddy was uh, synonymous with BC Bowling out there, too, mm-hmm. especially in the in the interiors there. Um, that's, that's a big loss to that community. So um, maybe there's going to have to be a name change for that. So he was, and he was another guy too that was, you know, it could be pretty intense on the lane, but find a nicer guy. You know what I mean? Like he was an absolute gem. You know what I mean? I, I, I had some very limited experiences with him bowling nationals and stuff like that, but great memories and, you know, the the epitome of what you want an elite bowler to be. To be honest with you. Yeah. Fun fun fact: uh, me and Ron were both uh, uh, rookies for Calgary. My my uh, open rookie year. Really? And uh, I was the one who had to wear the French maid. He, uh, <laughs> he, he did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine him actually wearing that. <laughs> no, couldn't imagine me wearing it. Yeah. Well, no, Try not to. Little... <laughs> yeah, he was definitely a guy that was larger than life, like just awesome. big, big personality, and just so fun to have around. And yeah, lots yeah. of good stories of drinking with him and Scottsdale, and yeah. Uh-huh. Thoughts really go out to, to, to Doc as well. I, I know yeah, that's, he, yeah. he, he's so so close with, with Ron there. So we're uh, we're, we're thinking everybody uh, out in BC again. Yeah, just an uh, unreal few years. Yeah, they've had, they had a rough go here the last little while. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they had their uh, their high roller event on the Thursday night, I believe, and I believe uh, Jaden won that. Correct. Yeah. So, Jaden, oh man, I, I, I can't. <laughs> Alger? Is that right? We always call him Alligator, but. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his last name at all. <laughs> but yeah, another, another super young guy with tons of talent coming out to all the, all the big events and, um, kudos to him for, for the win there. Was anyone, uh, Overrated or underrated in this tournament, or Ooh, was everyone a... properly rated? <laughs> uh, well, Bailey showed up, so and, and didn't make the cut, so properly rated. <laughs> oh, <man>. Poor guy. Okanagan <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eclipse alum, <laughs> he just <laughs> tore him down. He, he could take it. He could take it. That guy dishes it more than anyone, so he could take it. <laughs> Um, I, I would like to hear some feedback from like people that played in the tournament. Cause like I, it's, it's neat. I know they took, uh, it was 24 cut and they did a consolation. Um, but I, I remember Nick talking about it. I can't remember exactly how he, he said the consolation would go, but I think, I think that the winner from 25 to 40 had to face the 24th spot. So like the twenty fourth spot had, 
a 50-50 chance of making it into the final round. As a, So it's not as big of a punishment for not making it into the Just top missing. 24, into the cut line. So, and I remember Nick talking about this on the podcast, and then... It just so happened that he was the 24th spot. <laughs> so I don't know how that actually turned out. But uh, I am I am curious as to how that went. Because I don't think that's a bad idea at all, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Something different. Um, looking in here to see if I see Nick's. No, yeah, it looks like it looks like Nick did make the cut. So. Yeah, or yeah the, he won, the, he won the Constellation event. Perfect. So, yeah. Well, I, I don't mind it. It's a different different take on a Constellation, but I don't mind that. It feels like less heartbreak. So, he uh, actually won his first match, too. It looks like. Um, because it's a 24 cut, the top eight got a bye to the second round. So... He Nick actually won his first match, and then obviously came up against Bobby Herman. Bobby, Bobby beat him, but um, they had a losers bracket side, so it was a full double knockout system. I don't know if the final, if the winner had to be beaten twice, though. Yeah, I don't know. Either. Anybody in the chat happen to know that? Yeah, It'd probably be a good. I want to know how long that ran too, because we we had thought about that too, but I feel like that that having the b-side ran that way run it's got to take way longer because there's at no point can you run those brackets simultaneously right let's be fair the last how many tournaments at tbc regina there's somebody running both sides anyway so is it really that much longer <laughs> i don't know uh, it, it wouldn't be right because you're if playing people the same are running both matches, sides, yeah if, for sure but I think we brought most people out by the eights for the most part. Usually. Four, fours, I think, most of the time. But yeah. It's getting harder and harder to run both sides. Just with sheer volume yeah. of top quality players going mm -hmm. into all the events. So yeah. it's getting it's definitely getting tougher. But so yeah, so Bob Herman wins twenty nine hundred dollars. Derek Orn from Winnipeg made the trip out there and he won two thousand dollars. Scott Fitzpatrick. One fifteen hundred. That name doesn't ring a, a huge bell to me. Isn't he? He was at uh, Red Deer. Isn't he? Um, what's his face's buddy? Um, they were playing in Kelowna region. No, no. Uh, I thought Scott was his friend. Scott, Scott is his name, but that's mm. not his last. Different, name. different guy. Yeah. It's pretty pretty um, decent money for sixty five entries. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they did wow. well. Uh, Rhonda McDougall's company, Venom, I think was a, a very large sponsor in this event. So um, that helped uh, hold up the prize fund for sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'm going to... Um... Well, ho hopefully they can, uh, they can take that to another level next year if they decide to run it the same weekend. So, because oh, that, that was the same weekend... Uh, uh, of Scottsdale, correct? Yeah. That yeah. kind of fizzled yeah. out for, for a number of reasons, I think. But Yeah. And then Daniel Dooley won fourth. Good for him. Yep. Another guy that's been showing up at all the all the mm -hmm. big events and putting in the time and putting in the effort and not being afraid to travel and you know take his chances, and it's paying off. He's got the right attitude for it, too. 
He's the polar opposite of Bob Herman. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just like this big giant guy yeah. and he's in size and su- mentality is what yeah, he's ex- exactly <laughs> just like super chill <laughs> just super chill yeah oh man yeah so congratulations to those guys uh thanks for trying to start something up out there that's it's mm-hmm. awesome anytime that we can have more events and more things for people to play it's good for the country and it's good for the local players too so sure yeah. And I see uh, both Paradise and TPC opened up their entries this yep. last week. Yep. How, how's uh, there's the initial response for you guys? Uh, I mean, we just basically officially... Tim opened them quickly, and then I closed them down for a little bit there because I wanted to give Autumn Open a little bit more time, and then we reopened them again yesterday. And it's looking... It's, it's going to be good. Yeah. Um... Let me take a look here. Um, we have 14 people for the first shift, the Thursday shift right now. 36 for Friday morning already. 42 for Friday afternoon. 38 for Saturday morning. And 40 already on the list for Saturday afternoon. So you know just... what would be really cool? If TPC adopted... <laughs> A system where you could see how the entries were going to do like the 2022 autumn open they've introduced a google worksheet that people so can view that's, that's what, what we the entry on, systems but we just opened it up today so <laughs> i'm just saying i'm gonna make it viewable for everybody except for your ass because you're paying it <laughs> yes it is that was what we're planning on doing so here we are <laughs> Uh, good initial uh, initial blast of people in there, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Um, anybody interested in doing the invitationals or doubles, let us know as soon as you can so we can get you put in there. Um, there might be some changes to some events, so um, the sooner you put your name in, the better. Yeah. We're having a TPC meeting on Monday to confirm everything and see what kind of changes we are going to make. Um, we'll see. Yeah, nothing's nothing's official because we haven't had a chat yet. But there are some <laughs> there are some things that might change just to try to make it easier on the bowlers and the staff, and yeah, and and the volunteers. It's it's been it's been hard. We have definitely heard feedback amongst ourselves and with bowlers where it's TPC is a long weekend. Mm-hmm. It's a super long weekend, so we got to try to figure out some ways to try to make it less extensive. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a chat on Monday, and there might be a few changes. Um, Henry, the Invitational, you're not, you're not, you're not playing in the Ladies' Invitational. You're, you're just not. You're not. Did you just tell him he's not playing the Invitational? The Ladies. The ladies. Oh. He messaged me being like, I'm going to play in that. I'm like, no. Henry, you can sponsor me in that. Yeah, I'll you win go. you some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and all the rest of the money can go on Bet three six five. That's right. Yeah. That's Absolutely, one hundred percent. But yeah, if anybody wants in for those, let me know, Henry. Uh, you can play the main event one. You, you're good at getting sponsorship money, so just just do it. <laughs> just do it. 
I'll bowl a few spots for Henry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah Henry, exactly. just sponsor all of us. We all yeah. want a sponsorship. <laughs> it's literally just a license to print more money. You're good. Yeah, Henry, it's fine. Henry, you're crazy if you don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's good to hear Paradise's entries are going to be great. Um, I they think that was like Thursday shift. Yeah, exactly. And Mark's like, I'm not going to open up a Thursday shift unless I really think it's necessary. And it was like a week later, it's like I got to open up a Thursday shift. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but that's that was like what I was hoping would be a, a major positive change for both Club Tour and Autumn. Is that shifting shifting the club tour to the summer where it's more feasible for a proprietor, mm-hmm. um, and and still be able to get all the people from around the country to go? Um, you obviously saw the dividends in that, um, and then that's going to pay dividends to Autumn Open too. Where in the last couple of years they they've hit their biggest entries they've had in forever. It was like two hundred some entries, and this year it's going to blow that out of the water too. So it's going to be huge. It's nice to see Canada's longest-running cash tournament succeeding and getting the entries it deserves and getting the players it deserves, right? Because forever Mm -hmm. there was a club tour event on it, so we weren't getting the central Canada players, upper Canada (laughs) players coming out. And um, I like how you said that. It's nice to see. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I mean that's that's. That was one thing with Club Tour that, that was kind of like on everyone's mind too. Is it going to work in August? And I don't know how many people ask me, you know, both sides of the border, you know, like, oh, you think they're going to do it again in, in, in August next year? I mean, they're smart people. I think they figured out it's a good idea to do it again. Like yeah. if if we know it's a good idea, they definitely know it's a good idea. And like you said, like it kind of frees up the schedule a little bit and, you know, you have no no more conflicts of, of October. I considered – I consider going out uh, and bowling as well, um, and I'm off, I'm off that week too. But I, I got some other stuff. The we got some trailer stuff we got to take out care of, so I won't be able to do it. But what, what about TPC? Maybe the if I'm going to do anything, it's probably not going to be till next year. Because I, I mean, I've used up all my vacation. When I went and bowled nationals for masters, I had to take a leave of absence at work. Like I had to get an approved leave of absence because I have no no holidays. Um, and that that hasn't changed. So um, we have like a week shutdown at work in 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 that week in October. So it would be would be feasible to go, but I got too much going on. We got too much to wrap up here, so so I won't be able to do it. But I mean, previous like in following years, like like it's something that that I myself personally need to really um, make more of an effort to go do because I've been to uh, Regina once and I've been to TPC once. So like I need to get out to to bowl these tournaments more. That's the one thing that I've that the Jen and I kind of fuels this move as well is the, you know, the freedom to be able to bowl more tournaments, because mm-hmm. if there's one, if there's one weakness I've, I've had in the past several years is I just, I don't get out to enough tournaments to bowl. It's not like I don't, I don't succeed in them. I just never get to them for the most part. So yeah. well, that, that story is basically the struggle that, that many of the higher end you mm-hmm. know, players have every year is, you know, lack of vacation or, yeah. You know, the leaves of, of absence. I, I would have been at club tour for sure if I had any vacation left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, due to the open and masters and yeah. even open provincials, which takes up, you know, a buttload of, of vacation days on top of it. It's yeah. it's getting to that point, especially now with, you know, the, the introduction of, of Winnipeg on the WCBT, that, you know, people are really going to have to start, like, deciding what do you Black actually want to play in here? Yeah. Right? It's a, it, it, do you want to keep 
you know playing you know some of these events especially the the user pay provinces right if if alberta was was pure user pay i i don't think i'd be playing these events i i think i'd be you know going to the cash you know mm -hmm. cash tournaments right mm -hmm. so um i don't know i i i've got a long you know standing history especially with the c5 events so uh, i kind of want to kind of continue that that tradition there but you know yeah. at some point pe people are gonna have to make you know those those decisions sure and no no chance we ever make it down to a duck pin tournament yeah 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 right like it's it, unless somebody wins some big lottery right yeah <laughs> and that's a that's a fair view on it too right for years we've known lots of couples that have chosen masters or the open due mm -hmm. to vacation yeah. times and stuff like that so yeah. you choose one or the other well now with the the club tours the wcbts and stuff like that doing so well and a chance to make money and pay for your weekend and make a, a trip of it, mm -hmm. does that become more feasible in the end, mm -hmm. right? Um, not to take away from any of those other national events because obviously they're, they are where, where the team events go and all that good stuff, but I, I think you're going to have a, a tough time convincing the younger generation if they have running into vacation issues to choose... Yeah. A national event over a WCBT or mm -hmm. a club tour event. Yeah. I mean, where they can just, make their money. Just coming off of club tour, like this, I, I I walked out the door with like nine grand, basically. Am I going to choose that or a gold medal that I already have a bunch of? You know, if I'm going to go to nationals, I'm picking the money. I mean, there was a time where I probably really like the medals mattered to me. I definitely said like prestige was important to me, and you know, got a bunch of them. But like, how many elite bowlers have? multiple national titles and it's like it's not a thing to them anymore it's cool it's a nice little you know addition to your resume but it's like okay i kind of want to get paid for my work now and yeah. yeah how do you choose one or the other and then that's going to water down those competitions as well because you're not getting the best bowlers that are coming out because they're playing the cash tournament and you can't blame them for doing it if it wasn't for that little thing sitting over adam's left shoulder mm -hmm. i would probably be making the choice of just having just cash tournaments too mm -hmm. But that might the my ego says I want that at some point. Yeah. So that that's a big reason for me to keep so, it. Right, but. but there's the thing about the C five Hall of Fame. They're talking it's not only C five events, right? Yeah. They're introducing yeah. having masters stuff in it and even WCBT stuff. stuff I used like to that say too. If, if I'm being honest, so, you need to add those play, those. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, so and, and the C five right. is the over encompassing regulation on the whole sport, not just their mm -hmm. own event. So yeah. for them to have a Hall of Fame and not include that stuff, for sure, would be yeah. a slap in the face to the other mm -hmm. stuff, right? Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, they, like, they, they needed a starting jumping off point, right? And yeah. you know, the the, the C five events were were a perfect system to to at least yeah. get the first you know class mm -hmm. or two through. So yeah, I, I'm I'm glad they're they're opening it up because it's yeah, it's not too representation yeah. and. I'm well, glad, glad you, you, you look at the players at like a WCBT event, like cream of the crop of the country, you know, like generational bowlers that are bowling in this thing. And then, you know, not taking away from any of the other competitions, you know, provincially or nationally, but like you're having all those bowlers still that are at those competitions plus, 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 you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. if you have a field of 200, 200 bowlers are the best in the country is I'm sorry. The competition could be harder than, you know, a couple from every province, you, to, to be truthful. Each well, and that's the main thing, too. 
is how, how do you get to that national? You got to, well, let's take Alberta for a prime example. You got to beat Edmonton or Calgary or Central some mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. You got to beat those players yep. to make it to the national. So you need a strong backing to help you beat those players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. But is it tougher than going through 200 of the best players at a single event? I don't think so. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Especially Um, now. Especially in this era. Yeah. You know, 10, 15 years ago. When I don't think. When I won my, my first TPC, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm very proud of that win from TPC, but. That was a totally different generation and a time period. I think my win at Autumn Open was far greater than my win at TPC just because of the generation that I was in. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about my TPC in comparison to the Autumns. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, except the, the Autumn is just, it's a different breed of tournament. That it, It's not just about the bowling at that tournament, right? It's the, the battle of attrition. Like that that Sunday is unless you've you've played those those twenty three games you, you just don't quite get it. But that mm-hmm. but that's that's less that's way less games than like for, Heritage for sure. or uh, especially now Club Tour too, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Because you yeah. you yeah, how many how many games was that? Uh, so Degrassi was bowl thirty two on the Sunday. Yeah, and I I bowl twenty five and then. The the club tour we had previous that before everything kind of got like shut down, Mitch won it, beat Bobby in the finals. I went up both sides and lost to Bobby in the semis, then Mitch in the semis, and they played each other in the final. I think that's how it went. Yeah, and I bowled twenty seven games without a break. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you really you earned it. That's right. The you year know? I won TPC, I won. I played thirty three games. Yeah, because I won. I went up the A side, and then I went up the B side, lost in the B finals, and then played the finals. So I played yeah, every but, possible but game. The, the difference is you, don't, I won you don't have sixteen players doing twenty three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, yeah. No, that, and, that's the the battle of attrition. And, and afterwards, yeah. it's like everyone's relieved and everybody's you know proud of your other competitors for getting through the battle at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same boat as you guys for, like, my first club tour win versus this past one. I mean, this one is, to me, it's a it's a way bigger feat because of the bowlers, the amount of bowling. You know, like, the first one I won, I think we played, um, we just did playoff format brackets, uh, two-game match play. That was it, right? Not double knockout or anything. It was just boom, 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 you're done. And, and uh, you know, this had... You know, you bowl seven game block, and then it's like, oh, cool! I get to go. I get to to bowl another seven game block, and oh, cool! I get to bowl another seven game block. And it just it yeah. felt like it never ended, right? And yeah. and I mean, so, we we joke around how like bowlers aren't the the most fit people in the world, but <laughs> you're starting to see some people that are a little more fit that are succeeding because you know they. It's not just you know, I think taking a win on five games or ten games. There's a lot yeah. to it. It, it's funny because I, I, I was talking to Kelsey about this too. And the conversation, like, yeah, it's it's a lot of games. I'm like, you know what? You'll, you'll have, like, athletic people that pick up bowling for one day and they'll play four mm-hmm. games and they're sore as shit. The yeah, they can barely get out of bed, right? yeah. But there's, there's something to be said for, like, having, again, I think just limited extraneous movements. Like, having... Having a simple style, simple repeatable style that's not mm-hmm. overly hard on your body. Mm-hmm. Look at Len. That guy is beat to shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
and look at him go. But it's, just, it's so yeah, simple it's and fluid yeah. that, it, yeah. that it, it's it's not hard on the body, and and yep. it seems to be okay. Yeah. Um, out of all of your achievements in bowling, where does this one rank for you then? Um, I don't know. Like I I have some personal ones that that mean a lot to me. Um, I guess as far as accomplishment and strength of field, I mean, this has got to be number one um, for sure. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to, to, to shake at, you know, my, my first ever win, there was some personally emotional, um, uh, I guess side plays to first time I bowled nationals uh, and, and, and masters and, and won the gold and, and, and that story, you know, and my mom was terminally ill with cancer and was too sick to travel. We were bowled in Quebec and, and uh, we won with a game to go and, you know, that phone call home. Cause you know, like you didn't have social medias and stuff like that back in 2003. Um, it was like a tough phone call to make and she never got to see me bowl again. And, and, you know, she passed away the night before our first master tournament the following season. And, and I mean, that one hits hard for me cause I felt like I never, I didn't belong making a team anyway. I was kind of just made it out of nowhere. I had a really good year. It was like destiny aligned me. It's hard to beat our the accomplishment of 2012 open team. Like, you know, we I, Mitch and I were laughing like between, so we had Conti on John Conti on our team, myself, Mitch and, and, uh, and Mark Goulet, like there's 10 club tour wins on that team. Yeah. As it sits now, you know what I mean? Like, was a crazy team and then you throw it like franny and eric like they they were they were lights out you know like we went undefeated at provincials and never happened for a men's team in the history of our open like it's hard to beat that too so i mean this one's pretty sweet um like i don't know like i don't even know if it's even hit me yet like it's kind of for me it's kind of like it's been a really cool accomplishment but i haven't been like oh my god like like that was awesome. Like I haven't had that feeling and I don't know why that is. Like I kind of, maybe that upsets me a little bit that maybe I'm robbing myself of that somehow, but, but um, I mean, super proud of the, the accomplishment in itself. And, and to think of like, like 320 entries and, and I, I finished number one, the money's great. And we were talking about that already. Like the money's great, but you know, like that accomplishment alone is, you know, like that's a big pat on the back, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And maybe hopefully getting rid of the overrated tag in you know in my bowling career. Because <laughs> I mean that means something. I, I come got off that the lane. Message. I, got I come that off the lane. Away. I say I come off the lane, and that's literally one of the first things I say. Right <laughs> yep. to you. Am I overrated? Am I underrated? Properly yep. rated? Like, is this a thing? Like, <laughs> he, you know I mean? he actually messaged me right away. He's like, I will never, I will <laughs> never call him overrated again. He's like, I hope. I hope I motivated him to be better. This week. <laughs> he did. Holy cow! We can laugh at it, right? Like I, yeah, I, oh, I, totally. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, and 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 I definitely don't think of him any any less for it. You know. Are, are you going to keep this a complete inside joke for everyone? Or oh, go ahead, Dexter. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so after the first day of Masters, <laughs> Masters Nationals, we're we're cleaning up our stuff at the table at the five pin U table. And Bailey comes up and he's like, I got, I got to say something. Bailey lost. Like, he's like, I got to, I got to say something. I'm like, what's that? He's like, that, that Jeff Young, he's, he's pretty overrated. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I, no, I think so this was actually random. the next morning. 
And I'm like, what are you talking about, Bailey? He's like, he he hasn't been playing very good. I'm like, Bailey, you're averaging 212 at 42. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, you are. He's like, who looked? I'm like, me. <laughs> like, you're averaging 212 at dude. How are you throwing stones right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I had a good laugh, and he had a good laugh, and then now I'm having after a good Masters, laugh. Yeah. Jeff had a good laugh. <laughs> Jeff has the last laugh. I will say though, like I, I, I was telling Jen this, like, I mean, while I was bowling, there was a, there was a few instances where I was up there and I was kind of really feeling it and and getting on a string, and like I was literally telling myself, like, like you guys are gonna learn today. I'm Jeff Young. Like you're gonna. <laughs> You're totally. gonna learn some respect, you know. You like never... that was going through my head before I threw a ball. Like I don't for like three or four games straight, where it's just like you're gonna learn today. Like you guys are gonna learn, and you know maybe that's a bit cocky for me to say it now, but I mean it was going through my head. That's what motivated me, and it's not saying that in a bad way. It was you know like no, I know no, it was no. like a ha ha at the end of the day, and and yeah. and but it, I'm gonna use it to my you advantage. Don't want right? to motivate people who are already motivated. I don't mm-hmm. think I told you till after the tournament though. No, you didn't. No, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to feel that. But I mean, it's it's no different. Like when I got the number one ranking for five pin, you are our good yeah. friend of the show. That's JD. definitely overrated. Yeah, right, right. No, you're exactly right. <laughs> but 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 Carrie makes a post of five pin, you being like, hey, like how long? These are the list of like longest reigning days. How long is mm. Dexter gonna hold it? And I, JB wrote in, and he wrote he wrote until the next event. And like and I, and it's it's just like JB and I were buddies, right? He's just mm-hmm. he just giving yeah, yeah, me yeah. a hard time, yeah, and that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But I remembered yeah. that, like yeah. I remembered oh, yeah. it, and then yeah. I went to Regina, and I think I finished in the top four or something, and I moved further, like like created a bigger difference in our rankings, mm-hmm. and I went scrolled all the way back through four months of five pin U posts mm-hmm. to find it and just put oh, a little yeah. like. Like, yep. like eyebrow thing on it, and, and yep. but it does. Those little things yeah. just kind of ling in your background, and it motivates you, and that's but okay. You, but you know, at the end of the day, like if you have the reputation from a lot of people for being successful, you don't luck into it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like stats don't lie. I mean, I'm the exception for club tour. I got extremely lucky on quite a few occasions, but you got to be good to be lucky, right? Like, yeah. I wasn't really gifted the opportunity. I really had to work for it. And like I said, like I was telling you guys, like pre-show there that you know my two high games on sunday i i had seven and a quarter for those two games i don't know if they're the same pair or if they're one pair apart but they're the high 40s for the lanes it's seven and a quarter i had seven left corner spares in those two games you know what i mean like like i would like if if jb can kind of work his magic with this whole stats thing look up how many corner pins i left i I missed two corner pins that day it should have emailed to you do you know what email is at your age no What's that? <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure th- TikTok. <laughs> you know, like, but I, I want to see. Like, I guarantee you, I had more than 50 corners, and I missed two the whole the whole playoffs. That's awesome. I know I missed two for sure, only two, because I was keeping track in my head. Because you know, like I throw a good ball, get roasted. I remember that, and I'm gonna say 50 plus for sure for corner pins for for the 25 games. JB's got all the data. That's awesome. There we go. And it'd just be interesting to see because, like, like sure, like I I needed some luck to to get in there and 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 I you know like like we we're talking about with with Jeff throwing, like banging out in tenth frame and and getting me into the finals. Like I needed a lot of luck, but you know if I miss four, five, six corner pins that day, I'm not in. Simple yeah. as that. So absolutely. Yeah. 
so like I said, like stats don't lie and in you had a reputation of being a successful bowler, there's a reason for that. Yep. You know. Well, shall we wrap it up, guys? And lady? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it at guys. Just leave it at guys. <laughs> it's easier that way. Um, Jeff, if you ever decide to come out to TPC, you've always got a place to stay. Ryan usually stays here too. So um, if you need a place yeah, to stay, you don't want to stay there. Let me know. Ryan's there. I'll probably Ryan, be Ryan and I are like sleep, best friends but... now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick story on that too. I put us in doubles before I even physically met the guy. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hey, nice meeting you. I already put us in doubles. Yeah, you guys are you guys are kindred spirits. We that's are for sure. best friends. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're now linked also through Justin Verlander. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, Honestly, that was that was pretty awesome what you did for him. Yeah, I mean, he's Justin Verlander's a cheater anyway, right? So yeah. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll wrap up the show. Thanks, Jeff, for coming on and sharing for your, me, your club tour experience. Yeah. And Katie, always a blast. Thank you for coming on and hosting. Um, Adam, you're always. Always a great host. I know you uh, had a power failure there for a little bit, but you came back in a hurry. I was I was afraid I was going to get one too. I could hear it going on in the background. I was like, "Here we go." It, I heard one was big bad one, and then too. all of a sudden, it, it was like ten minutes later, it went out. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, massive one roll through here. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, pleasure well, being on as always, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Sex coming on, Jeffy. Yeah, anytime, got literally anytime, because you know I'm on enough. If it's not me, it's Mitch. So Mitch, I guess Mitch will be on next week. I'll be on the week after. You know, I was gonna say we could probably one of us could probably host, but I've done that too. So yeah, we we've always said that we need to have like uh, Eastern, Central. Eastern Central. <laughs> east is like east of Manitoba, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Eastern. Yeah, that's how we look at it too. But we, yeah, we need, sure. yeah, we're gonna get you guys to start hosting a podcast out there too, just so that it can be more relevant to that area of the country. I, I couldn't imagine a, if a podcast with me and Mitch on it not be entertaining. That, you're exactly right. You're absolutely. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we will wrap it up here. Um, stop. <laughs> Uh, once again, I just want to thank all our patrons. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash 5pinuniverse for as little as $2 a month uh, Canadian, so you can help support us um, bringing this podcast to you once every week, maybe every once every two weeks. Or you can change your uh, the rate how much you're paying every month if you want. So you can move it up, down. We have different tiers. Um, we are looking at making some changes to the Patreon tiers, so mm -hmm. we are bringing in some more merch, and hopefully we'll get some uh, some different stuff going on for you guys. We know we've been slacking on it. It's been a, a tough year, but we're ready to rock and roll, and the 5-Pin Universe League is coming back. It's looking good. We're starting late September. Yeah. That'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so yep, uh it's gonna be awesome it'll be great it'll be great yeah with that all being said thanks again for another great week guys thanks for the podcast and we'll see you all hopefully next week thanks everybody thanks guys thanks Jeffy. Peace.